0: You're
1: listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Haller. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name, as always, Connor Halley. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. It's been a long time since we spoke. I was on a cruise. I went out to BC. I ended up getting COVID. So there's a lot of reasons that went into me not doing some podcasts as of late. But we're going to make up for it today. We've got the legend himself, the king of the logosphere. Alan Mitchell going to join us in a second here. Very quickly, though, just want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up, make sure to do so. Today, use promo code THPN. That promo code can help you out in a lot of different ways. I'll tell you a little bit about that later on in the show, but DraftKings, promo code THPN. And with that being said, uh, let's bring him in. Alan Mitchell, he is on TSN 1260. Uh, Two hours, wasn't enough they bumped him up to four hours now alongside dave jameson from 10 a.m until noon i'm not sure yet if it's called the lowdown or Low Tide with JMO al maybe you can correct me but you can also get his stuff up at the athletic give him a follow on twitter at low tide al thanks a lot for doing this and can you give me the proper title for the new show
0: and Jameson but it's been called everything so uh, you know we're we're just starting out I I think uh, you know I always look at it like a double album you know when your (laughs) favorite artist releases you know 10 song album that's great but a double album that's the good stuff and that's where we are every day
1: yeah well I mean a common thing that I would hear from our listeners was like you know I I like Jamo I like Low Tide but two hours isn't enough so for you guys to do four hours you you joined the club of Nielsen and Gregor. Four-hour shows. I mean, how, how's your throat been? Is the voice going away on you or anything? Has it been a test for you?
0: Actually, with, with two people who talk as much as we do uh... jamo and i it's actually less work to do because it's just not you know we're we're both conversing and it's back and forth so each hour is way easier to do so i would say this is less work than two hours on your own you know and it's it's more fun because you get to feed off somebody you know constantly and, and uh... jamo and i have the same uh... you know reference in terms of of age and that sort of thing so um, there are times when we just try to make each other laugh, but mostly we're, we're absolutely on, you know, subject uh, on sports, and lately it's been important because there's a lot going on.
1: Oh, I mean, it's a crazy time right now. I mean, the NHL does it very well. Like, I, I guess I guess it, maybe it depends on your perspective. I, the NFL seems to stay in the news cycle year-round. The NHL wraps up, then they have the draft, then free agency's there. Then it kind of settles down for, you know, a six- to eight-week span. And and I thought, you know, since I haven't done a podcast in so long. I need somebody who can talk about everything, and uh, that's why you're the guy. So I'm glad you could hop on here. Before we get to free agency, and what a day it was for Ken Hall. And uh, I know last year we called it the Summer of Ken, and now this year, again, it's the Summer of Ken with the Caps face that he freed up. He knocked it out of the park on this Wednesday. But I want to go back to last week. Uh, it was Thursday night when the Edmonton Oilers had their first-round pick in the NHL entry draft, they would trade back, eventually selecting Reed Schaefer from the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL, a guy who, you know, if you're an Edmonton hockey fan, you got a chance to see in the WHL final, um, really burst onto the scene in his draft year. 66 games played, he had 32 goals and 26 helpers, 88 penalty minutes then in the playoffs, 25 games, he had 21 points, uh, six of those were goals, and another 32 penalty minutes. So, you know, for someone who hasn't got a chance to see him play in person, you think, okay, this is a guy 63, 215 who you know plays a rough and tumble game but also has some scoring touch. What did you think of the pick?
0: I liked it. I, I, I think he was a player who's unique on in the Oiler uh, prospect group, and that's important because they really didn't have uh, a power forward agitator who can shoot like he can. You know, he, he, this was his first full season in the WHL. I think he played like you know fifteen and you know nine or something games in previous seasons. So in a lot of ways, it was his first real season. And what you found was that that he could score. Goals a volume shooter, but also a really good shooter who could score from range, and he drives to the net. So I, I think the Oilers are getting the kind of player that they've been trying to pursue for some time. Uh, Lucic, Maroon, uh, Vander Kane now. In that in that kind of uh, tradition where it, the player is skilled enough to play on a skill line, uh, has uh, something that is a, a, a plus uh, attribute or asset, and that in, in Schaefer Case is shooting, and he's fast enough to get around the rink, and he's all those things. He needs to develop, but I think I think they really got themselves a player. Not only that they can use, but also he doesn't have a lot of uh, power forwards in, in front of him, uh, and I think he might be a, a two years and then in the NHL kind of player. He certainly has a lot of of skills that the others can't duplicate with other prospects in the system.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I like the selection there like you said the the skill set that he has so what do you think the timeline is you mentioned two years but do, I mean do you think he's a guy that we could see at the World Juniors obviously not this summer but maybe next Christmas next New Year's does he have that type of capability you think
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he's a player who, who would be on the radar for lots of reasons. Uh, he's, you know, he's 18. He'll turn 19 uh, in a couple of months. So this would be his year to, to, to make the World Juniors. And at 6'3", 213, even if he's playing a, a, you know, a third-line checking role, and I, I think he's probably got more skill than that, but I don't know what the, the, uh, the Team Canada list would look like, I think he'd be an invite. Uh, and he's fast so he can do a lot of things. The, the Canadians often uh, do well in those tournaments because they're a little more rugged than uh, some of the other clubs, so he would fit into that really easily. And, and because of his size, I think he could make room for his line mates.
1: Now, probably pretty well documented, the Oilers did not have that many draft picks in the 2022 entry draft. Uh, no second, no third, no fourth. Uh, with their fifth pick, they go Samuel Janssen, uh, goaltender. Then with their sixth-round pick, Nikita Yevziev. I might have butchered that one. And finally, Joel Matta out of the University of Vermont. Uh, I don't know what your knowledge is of those guys, but is there any uh, information you can share with the listeners on these guys?
0: Well, I, I think that the our fans should be encouraged, but also understand that you're drafting, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. Uh, uh, Johnson, I think, is a uh, the big goaltender. Is a, a player the scouts saw. Play really well, uh, and he's he's stepping up to the Swedish league next year, and so I think he's a, on a little better team, and we might see a spike from him. Yevseyev is, is he's a rugged guy. That's a player who, you know, he, he plays in in Russia. He is a Russian player. We might not see for a couple of years, but as a defenseman, he's 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 a player who fits what the again what the Oilers need, which is a a, a tough guy uh, who can play. Mod is a little different. He's twenty years old. He's from Helsinki uh he played in the USHL and then at Vermont he, he apparently he has a really good two-way game and at six one two hundred, 200 he's a little more developed than than the other kids that were uh, drafted last weekend I think he he might be a player who comes out next year if he plays well because he'll be 21 by then and usually with college kids if they're if they're good they'll come out after their sophomore season
1: uh, one just question with the draft. Uh, a guy who was selected last year, Xavier Borgo, uh, obviously with a Schwinnigan cataracts, uh, phenomenal regular season, 36 goals, 75 points in 43 games. Uh, obviously was good in the playoffs as well, 12 goals in 14 games, went to the Memorial Cup, uh, where we all got a chance to watch him, you know, high def, nice TSN broadcast. What did you make of his game in the Memorial Cup and, you know, the progress that he's made since being drafted?
0: Him a, a year ago, and then I saw him again at the Memorial Cup, and he's really advanced as a player. Uh, he, he reminds me a little bit of Jordan Eberle in style, and he, he's going to score enough to certainly be uh, quality in the, a, in the AHL next year, and I think he might see some NHL action. Uh, he, he's uh, 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 very, um, I don't know to use the word slippery, but as, a, as an offensive player with a puck on a stick, he's elusive, and when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, he can go get it. I'm not saying he's a great defensive player, because I think that that's something he'll have to work on. But he does forecheck and backcheck uh, aggressively with an eye to turn the pucks over. So there's a lot of coachable things there. And he was drafted as a center. I think he'll play on the wing. But I think he'll be a scoring winger. And uh, and he could end up on a skill line in Edmonton in the next couple of years. He's that good.
1: Now, uh, World Junior is coming up in Edmonton uh, in August. Uh, if you're him, are you going, or are you just saying... I'm going to focus on the pro career, like Jake Neighbors is doing.
0: I think probably he'll he'll because he's again he's a guy who turns uh, 20 pretty soon, and this will be an important. Training camp for him uh, with the Oilers, he'll want to show well. Like he's, yeah, he's 20 in October, so I think he'll be, I think he'll be a guy who is focusing on getting ready, training now. Maybe the World Juniors is part of that, but uh, usually those guys are doing, uh, you know, off ice training and getting ready and then skating a little bit, building up too. So my guess is he probably doesn't, but you know, it, it would be a great experience for him, and obviously, you know, it's it's not like it's a long distance for him to play uh, as he gets ready for training camp.
1: Uh, Al, why don't we jump over to the big news of the day or, you know, one of the headlines? Cause as I mentioned uh, earlier on in this podcast, uh, Ken Holland and his, his staff had a just fantastic day, the first of free agency. Uh, it was late last night. Uh, you might have been in bed. I know has already admitted he was way asleep when the news broke that Evander Kane would be sticking around with the Oilers for your contract. And, uh, some people might have been a little bit weary on the term, but you know, when it comes to the price tag and the production that you got Evander Kane I think it's one Heck of a deal Uh, What was your reaction To seeing Evander Kane Stay with Edmonton
0: I I felt all along That he'd probably Get around twenty five million, and I think he got twenty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought they would go low and then maybe even offer him a, a fifth year uh, to make it, you know, the, the, the cap total lower. But they got him around five five point one, yep. and that's a really good number. And they got him at four years. So I think I think Evander Kane signed a uh, a team friendly deal. He certainly would would have had uh, the owners interested based on how well he played. And they didn't want to lose him. They don't want to lose momentum. And, and, you know, remember in the, in the playoffs, he, he did play really well, uh, as did all of the, the impact forwards. But Dreisaitl was, was hurt for quite a bit of time. If they get back to the Final Four and they're all healthy with Kane on that team, I think they feel like they can author a little better performance. So it was a big deal. And to get him at this price and then be able to go out and make the other moves they needed to do today, uh, that was a big advantage. I thought that kind of set up the day, even though it was, it was last night and I was asleep, uh, so I, I caught it right away when I woke up this morning, but uh, I think that's set up today because they had more money to wheel.
1: Yeah, I mean, $5.125 million for a guy who, you know, not only can put up the points, but backs it up with that that swagger, that physicality. We had him on with Jason Greger today. I highly recommend people go listen to that at tsn1260.ca. But, I mean, the guy's confident. You know, he's like, yeah, 40 goals. Yeah, I I think I can do that. I've done that with lesser talent around me. So I, I think he's very confident with that. And, you know, probably the McDavid effect playing a big role into that one. Another one, another guy who, like Kane, was, you know, given the, uh, the ability to go look around and test free agency with defenseman Brett Kulak, who came over from Montreal last season. He signs a four-year deal, which I think very team-friendly, $2.75 million cap hit. Uh, when you see that some of the other contracts are handed out today, Good Branson comes to mind, like, I-, I think this is a steal of a deal getting him for under $3 million.
0: One of the best value contracts of the day. There was a lot of money being misspent, and quite frankly, in the past, often it's been the Oilers doing that. And today they didn't. All three of the the major signings were were within range, and I and I do think that uh, the, the Kulak signing was a real uh, uh, value contract. And he'll play, I would think, second pair, uh, either with Barry or with Evan Bouchard, and that's that's. Uh, a, a Tremendous talent to get He's got great speed, he knows the team He is a good defender uh, He's not a physical guy, but you can Make up for it in other places I think that was the probably the number one uh, Defenseman they Wanted going in, and they Got him, and they got their goalie, and they got their Left winger, and they got them all For under $15 million. so That's a lot of really tidy work By uh, Ken Holland and the managers uh,
1: Another deal that we knew that they Had to make was finding a goalie to go along with Stuart Skinner with the expectation that Mike Smith probably won't play this upcoming season. Miko Koskinen going back to Europe. And uh, one of the big names on the market, the Oilers bring in Jack Campbell, five years, $5 million per season. So they'll be here for a long time. He uh, turned to 30 back in January. He played with the Maple Leafs this past season in 49 games. He had a goals against average of 2.64 with a .914 save percentage. Um, I mean, w- w- what are realistic expectations here, you think, for Jack Campbell uh, coming over to Edmonton with the defense core in front of him?
0: Well, I, I think the expectations for Oiler fans should be a season that resembles the one he just completed in Toronto. Uh, you know, I know that people are, are tend to be down on the, the Oilers' uh, defense, but when, when uh, Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson were coaching them, they were pretty stout. And a year ago... Um, in Toronto, Jack Campbell played in 49 games. He won 31 of them, and he had a 9.14 save percentage. And the year before, he had a 9.21 save percentage. So I think you can expect that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you can expect the, the same save percentage Mike Smith delivered a year ago, because Smith, even though he wasn't healthy a lot, when he was, he played really well. But Campbell is an aggressive goaltender. He has a really good glove, and he's he's uh, calm and confident in the net. And I think that fans will will enjoy uh, his style a lot. It's been a um, anxious couple of years here with uh, Mike Smith and, and Miko Koskinen. I think that Campbell and Skinner will be. Uh, uh, easier on the eye for for Oiler fans. Uh, I I don't know if they'll stop as many pucks percentage wise as Smith, but I think the overall. Um the overall thrust of it will be more wins. They, they're, they're going to give up goals, but they've got a high octane in offense in front of them as well.
1: Is he just more of a consistent guy? Like, I mean, Mike Smith, when he's on, was fantastic, but there was always those lulls in his game, plus everyone, you know, factoring his age. How many more years can he play? Do you think this just kind of lets Oilers fans and the team, the organization, rest easy do like, hey, we got a guy we know what we're going to get from him?
0: I. I th- I think I would tweak it just a little bit, Connor, Mm -hmm. and I would say that that he is, like, at the end of the year, he'll have more consistent numbers, but he does, like every goaltender, he does have periods of time where maybe an injury hits or maybe he's being overplayed. But in the last four years at five-on-five, his save percentages have been 934, 918, 928, and 917. So that tells me that, that he is, overall, despite the fact that he'll be as inconsistent as any goalie would be, Uh, at the end of the day he's delivering and and that's really what you need there are going to be nights when he robs another team and he shuts them out and the Oilers have no reason they should win and then there's going to be nights he's let four in and the Oilers score five and maybe he didn't earn that victory but he's going to keep them in every game and I I think he'll be less prone to making the big mistakes that Mike Smith made uh, late in the year and into the playoffs uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. He He's more even-keeled. He's an emotional guy, especially after losses. But I think he's less likely to, to, to uh, make a, a risky play late that could cost his team an entire game.
1: Now, I want to ask you, you know, I mean, Ken Holland said in his press conference that A. Campbell likely gets 50-ish starts. Stuart Skinner hopefully gets 30-ish. So there's your plan for Stuart Skinner going forward. But there's always the questions about the pipeline behind him. Uh, Ilya Kanovalov, he's returning to Russia next season to play with Dynamo Moscow in the KHL. So I mean, it's maybe not ideal that he's with your team, but getting more starts. Uh, Calvin Pickard was signed, a veteran backup goalie. When you look at the pipeline for the Oilers' goaltending and, and further down the road, uh, what do you think of it? Like, what, who do you think gets the bulk of the starts down in Bakersfield?
0: I think I think it'll probably be Pickard, uh, but they have a college man named Ryan Fanti. And college guys, when they when they arrive uh, in pro, they're usually 22 or so. They've had some college experience, and they can surprise. Rodriguez really needs to play. Uh, he's been in the system for some time, and he's been behind others. And and they really have to find out about him this year. And I think if you're an oiler fan and you're wondering about or worried about the goaltending. Th- you should actually be quite excited because it's a rare thing. Um, Stuart Skinner is going to get an NHL shot and a real one. And it's really the first player who's been drafted, developed, spent time in the AHL, and then gotten a really a big opportunity in, in some time. The owners as a team have n- not been uh, uh, great at drafting and developing goaltenders who end up having great uh, um, NHL success. Early on, they did with Andy Moog and Grant Fear, and even in the early part of, like, 20 years ago, Devin Dubnik was drafted in 2004. But the last 15 years or so, and really for the entire 40-plus uh, years of the Oilers' existence in the NHL, they, they haven't gotten players, goaltenders, to the point Skinner is now. So, I, I would look at it as, instead of saying, well, there's nothing behind Skinner, I think, I think Skinner is the... He's the evidence that they're going in a good direction. And Konovalov did go back to Russia, uh, but they they signed the college man. They drafted another uh, goaltender. I, I think the owners are looking up in this area, and the the, the example that I would use is Skinner. He is a, a a goaltender who's earned it. His first two years in in pro hockey weren't great, but his third and fourth year uh, light definitely turned on and. He, you know he's going to play, and I think he's going to play well, and there's a chance he ends up being a starting goaltender and that is so rare for the Oilers. It's basically been you know Moog and, and Fuhrer and Dubnick uh, for any length of time. I think UC Park, Markin is the other guy who had 100, over a 100 goal, uh, games in the NHL. so this is a this is a player who represents uh, something uh, in terms of success for the Edmonton. Oil development system with goalies and they're tough they're just so tough to develop uh, they had a guy Tyler Buns, maybe a decade yeah. ago and he was looking really good and he got concussed and, and that happens too it's a tough position to play and he had several concussions and his career did not I think he played one NHL game but Stuart Skinner has a chance here and a real one and the orders were high on him they traded up to get him they developed him properly and he's here now and he's going to get a full shot so I don't know the next next player who's going to have that opportunity in the system. But they've got one, and based on where the Oilers have been the last 15 years, that's a massive success.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, it is kind of funny, because it does feel like Stuart Skinner's been around for a while, and he has, you know, five seasons with the Oilers organization. He's only 23. So yeah. this, this contract for Jack Campbell could come and go, and Stuart Skinner would still only be 28 years old, fully developed, ready to go. So it's, it is uh, interesting. It seems like the Oilers set at the goaltender position for the next few years which is very nice to see uh al really appreciate you doing this uh we'll keep you for a little bit longer if that's okay because i still do have to ask you about a few more things i mean it was a crazy day in the nhl what do you know about greg mccaig maybe one of the best names in the nhl in my opinion he signs a two-year deal it's a two-way contract so to me maybe seems like a guy in a pinch maybe you bring him up but could be down with the condors what do you think about him
0: I think he's the guy they wanted to get as an energy player, as a guy who can uh, play a rugged game and and, uh, uh, penalty kill and and play a role. I do think he'll be in, in Bakersfield for at least part of the year this past year he played um, 43 games in the NHL and one in the AHL so that may be the case but he'd be a, he'd be a 13-14 forward when they're playing a particularly rugged team uh, or a team that, that you know uh, they need a little more physicality he could provide that and you know he, he hasn't he's had an admirable career just because he's been around a decade and he's never really caught on for you know like a major major amount of time his record is 53 games in one nhl season but he keeps hanging in there and he keeps providing energy and hard work uh for the team so i think you know one fans who have never seen him before i think you might look on him as maybe a, a guy who plays the josh archibald role maybe with a little less offense
1: The action never ends with DraftKings Sportsbooks, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000 and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action in baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. For me personally, I've been having a lot of fun with Major League Baseball. Of course, I'm a Jays fan. So I like to get Boba and Vladdy involved, but uh, you know, there's lots of options with DraftKings and best of all, DraftKings safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. In Colorado or New Hampshire, one 800 522 You can also visit ccpg.org slash chat at Connecticut. In Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. In New York, you can text Hope and Why. You can visit opgr.org in Oregon. If you're in Tennessee, you can call 1-800-889-9789 or in Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Alan Mitchell joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. Of course, you can hear him Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 2, alongside Dave Jameson on TSN 1260. You can also read his work up at The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Low Tide. Uh, Al, of course, uh, big day not just for the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, around the NHL, and when you look down the road down in Calgary Uh, a tough one for them as we're taping this Nikita Zadorov signing a two year contract with the Flames so I mean that's something they can be happy about but they lose Branson, and they lose that kid Johnny Hockey to the Columbus Blue Jackets I was actually kind of disappointed to hear this because in my mind I thought you know okay we finally got the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs maybe Johnny Gugger wants to stay there and keep it going they've got a nice core there but now with him leaving you know Matthew Kachuk with the ability to leave in a couple years like I'm kind of worried about the Calgary Flames I I like to see them suffer but I also like when it's competitive at the BOA like what's going on with the Calgary Flames here
0: well this no doubt about it, but I wouldn't feel too sorry for them. They get a lot of money and they can make trades. And, and I, I would imagine that, that part of what they're doing right now is their due diligence. And, and it could be Nazem Kadri, It could be a trade for a pr- player on a roster, uh, from another team that, that, you know, would like to get out of the cap the way Vegas did today. Uh, and so I, I think you're, I think they'll take their time and I think they'll make sure that they, uh, Get the right player. They need that. But I, I'm not going to write off Calgary yet. They have a ton of money, and they'll be able to turn that money into something. At the worst case scenario, uh, they might have to spend the season really scuffling and and getting through a year into the playoffs, and then maybe make a, a big addition at the deadline to replace Goudreau. He really drove that line, that top line, so there's no denying it. That was a, a, a real blow, and it brings a lot of teams back into contention in the Pacific. I think Vegas and the others of the, the class of the group, but I think uh, teams like Vancouver, certainly L.A., uh, and and maybe even Anaheim are are going to be closer to Calgary than anybody thought because of that, that one signing of Gaudreau going to Columbus.
1: Yeah, I mean, and in Vegas as well today too, right? Like, uh, was it Pacioretty sent to Carolina? Like, I mean, it... it They, they've definitely been, and I don't want to say irresponsible, like they're trying to win. They're in win now mode, so they bring in these contracts, these big profile players, and then have to ship them away for future considerations. Do you, I mean, do you have the Oilers as your favorite to win the division right now?
0: I do. I think you know we have to see what Vegas does they they did drop the money uh so that helps them and they do have a fine goaltender but they're thin uh in areas and they they have to address that and I think that that the Oilers you know during the year they they gathered a lot of momentum uh but they still were not a playoff team until Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson took over and I'm sure they'll have their up and ups and downs but if you look at what happened after February 10th when Dave Tippett was fired and then you know Evander Kane came in just a few days before then the the team in the back half of the year was easily the class of the Pacific division, and you know people will say well they weren 't competitive against Colorado. well, dry was hurt, nurse was hurt. Mm-hmm. you hope to get uh, to the third round a little healthier next time around, and maybe they 'll have a better uh, different result. but in terms of the pacific division it 's still up in the ether there 's lots can change here in the next few weeks, but I think that the Edmonton Oilers right now, they have almost every area solved. I know they want a second-line right winger, but even if they had to go into the year with a top three right side of, say, Hyman, Yamamoto, and Puglia Yarvey, I don't think anybody should complain about that. That's a that's a good trio, and I think that Oilers fans should be encouraged that, based on what we know, Jesse Puglia was was not... Uh, receiving the kind of quality uh, offer that that the orders deemed uh, necessary, and so they did what they did last time. They didn't trade him, and that's a sign of a mature organization. They may eventually trade him, but make sure you get value, and it it tells us that they put value on that player and he may well be back. So, I think the orders are far more mature as an organization than any time since maybe 2005 when Kevin Lowe was GM possibly even during the, the Glenn Sather era, they, they haven't wasted much, uh, not, not much here in the last little while. I think the last, the last time they made a move that, that people could genuinely uh, complain about was at the deadline, but they did pick up Kulak, Kulak, but the, the, the forward that they picked up was, was probably not the value for the, the pick they traded out.
1: Uh, Al Puckpedia put it out there last night uh, with the Evander Kane signing. The Oilers effectively had fifteen point five million dollars. So I guess you knock five off for Jack Campbell, another uh, two point seven five for Kulak. That drops them down to around I don't know eight and a half or so. Um, and then McKeag. Uh, so the Oilers do have some cap space to work with. Obviously, Puliari, Yamamoto, McLeod. We'll see what happens with those. But do you foresee them bringing anyone else in? And if so, is there any Names or positions you think they'd like to maybe just bolster the lineup with?
0: Well, they have 1.3 left in cap space, but they also have the additional LTIR of about 6.4 million. So they still have about 7.5 that they could play with. They have to sign Yamamoto McLeod, and if they keep Pagliari, they have to sign him too at the At the absolute minimum that 's going to take you six million so they 'd be running a, a really, really small uh, possible addition, but there are some players out there, and a lot of them are the the, the kids who were just RFAs not long ago. Uh, Andres uh, Kasha, who played uh, in Toronto. Uh, Dylan Strom, who was in Chicago. He'll probably go for more than the oldest can afford. But that that kind of player, a young player who could be a plug-and-play, I, I think that that if the opportunity arises, that's an area they could look at. I think right wing and, and Maybe right defense or our areas and and also a fourth line center who's a right right shot center might be a, a something they can use as well
1: yeah yeah uh, mike smith 2.2 million cleft bomb 4.167 uh that on the ltir man cleft bomb i saw some pictures surface of him and he was smiling it was nice to see we'd love to have him back in edmonton but good to see that he's doing okay Yeah, Al, how confident are you that Yosypovych will be with the Oilers this upcoming season? I know there had been some reports that Tom Gozola was all over it, saying that he, you know, maybe wanted a fresh start somewhere else. But do you think once again this relationship can be repaired with on ice success?
0: Uh, I think that. I I wouldn't put it at 50-50 that he'll stay. I think it's still more likely that he gets traded. But if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said 90-10 that he gets traded. So now it's maybe 60-40 that he's going to get traded. Uh, Here's the issue. You know, you have to get value for these players. Because even if you bring him back on a deal and he, he, you know, he, he... he plays third line and he scores 15 goals he can help you and you you can't just trade him for you know a second round pick for the Oilers today is, is just no value at all, and I understand they tried to get Connor Brown. Maybe there's another player out there like Connor Brown that they can make a move for. But based on what we hear about, you know, Polyarby's uh, value across the league, uh, I think that that they're best to hold on to him and wait for another day. You know, he's he's not 30 or anything, uh, and if they keep him for another year and he has a, a you know 15 goal season and uh, plays as well as he always does it five-on-five, five, then maybe you'll have another opportunity to trade him. I think, I think his value went down because he played uh, in the postseason and he had some issues and he couldn't score, lost his confidence, but there's a, there's a player there, and I think the owners know the player better than anybody, and the fact that they've held on to him suggests to me that that they're not going to give him away, and I, I think that's, that's a very wise use of, of assets, and, and maybe this organization wouldn't have done that five or six years ago but they're doing it now, and I think that's the right call.
1: Uh, Al, one final question for you. And we talked about Jay Woodcroft and how the team got so much better when he got here. I remember when it happened, a lot of people were kind of looking at just this schedule, saying, you know, there's not a lot of practice days. And, you know, maybe maybe in hindsight that was beneficial because it was just slowly implementing things that Jay Woodcroft and Coach Manson wanted to do and, and the changes that they wanted to make. Now you'll have the full off season. You'll have new faces coming in. Uh, do you think, you know, we'll just see basically what we saw down the stretch last year and, and maybe cleaning up a few things? Or, or do you think there's going to be elements to the game that Woodcroft will like to add and, and maybe make some changes going forward having the time to do so?
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think also that he'll it'll be a different roster. You know, he inherited uh, Dave Tippett's roster. Mm-hmm. Tippett's fourth line was really penalty killers, and and I think one of the one of the things that that I believe Woodcroft would like to do is have a fourth line that has more skill than that. And and I'll use Sam Gagne as an example. When he played here on the fourth line, he also had some power play time, and he did a lot of things, and and there there was more utility on the fourth. Line at that time, uh, and and I think that the Oilers if they can get a fourth line that can outscore, even if they don't score a lot, outscore, they're far better off. Uh, Derek Ryan, I think, is a really good player. He's he's good for that role. Uh, I think they're going to have to, you know, probably uh, bring Tyler Benson on on a fourth line, and maybe McLeod plays there. They've got the talent. They've got 12 good forwards, even if they don't add anything in now. So it's there, but I think it'll be faster, and I think that the, the fourth line, specifically will be able to play more than just penalty kill and and not and, and the Tippett fourth line got caved at five on five in possession and outscoring and I think that, that Tippett will make sure that doesn't, if he has a fourth line like that, he won't play it and that's one difference that we saw with Woodcroft in his time from February on and I think that, that he and Ken Holland will work very hard and making sure they have 12 forwards who can play as four lines that are useful in the fourth Ball, and that'll be a big difference,
1: Al. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun this upcoming season. Obviously, when you're uh, a Final Four team the previous year, there's going to be some some pressure and some expectations. It's going to be very fun to see how they handle it. Uh, what are we going to talk about on the radio for the next six weeks with free agency? You know, slowing down here and no playoffs, no NBA. Uh, are you guys going to be going heavy CFL? Little NFL talk? Talk about the Eagles or what?
0: Well, thank God Toronto fired their manager today, so we can talk about that tomorrow. Uh, But the this is a hockey city so i think we'll we'll definitely still have a, a you know a hockey flavor uh, to the show but cfl is very exciting uh, this year elks won a game then lost a game then lost their quarterback so there's that to talk about and the jays are always interesting And there's a lot of good local sports too uh riverhawks we've got the basketball team uh, uh, you know so there's 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 stuff to do and things to see, and we want to be a part of that. And and uh, you know nobody can fill over not much like JMO and I. So <laughs> we'll we'll make it as entertaining as we can, and maybe we'll filter into old 1970s albums we recall, but not very much. It'll be mostly sports.
1: Yeah, I mean that's great. Uh, early 80s content like that, I think that you guys can really nail that and especially in August I think there's a one day in the in August like the all-star break of the uh, Major League Baseball when nothing's going on I think you guys should devote a full show just to music
0: that's a good idea or I could tell you about the time Tim Raines won the MVP at the all-star game
1: that would be good too I mean oh, there's, there's lots of so potential out uh, last my, my last question I swear Eagles new font what do you think have you know I don't have-
0: like it I don't like it <laughs> Like, I don't like it. I hate it. It's really bad. I, I, I'm angry, upset about how bad it is. Why would you mess with what was perfect?
1: I don't know. The Eagles had, like, the classic look. And now, I mean, it's going to be in the end zone with that weird font and... uh I'm not a big fan of it. I had to bring it up to you because well, you know that's something garbage. we can agree with. Yeah, they, oh.
0: everything was perfect. The logo is perfect. The color is perfect. The fonts perfect. And and this is what happens when you let the the son of the owner get involved. And uh, you know uh, I'm I'm not happy. Uh, although I'm thinking this is going to be a fun year for Eagles fans. I think it's going to be a good year. What about your Chargers? Are you looking forward to them and whatever they're going to do?
1: I cannot wait. Um, I I love with the Eagles that Jalen Hurts. You got AJ Brown there with Devontae Smith. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun, but for the Chargers, revamped defense. I mean I can't wait to see Khalil Mack out there with Derwin James, Joey Bosa, J C Jackson, Asante Samuel. Like the NFL is going to be good. Here's to a Chargers Eagles Super Bowl
0: defense, right? Like, they're, That's a tough group.
1: Oh, yeah. And the AFC West, I mean, like, the team that comes out of that division might lose in the first round because they're so beat up. Like, those teams are going to kick their asses <laughs> for the... Every year, man. Every they're year.
0: just... They're, they're dilapidated by the end, <laughs> the end
1: of the season. Oh, it's going to be awesome, man. Man, before we know it, football will be back and the NHL will be back. Al, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. And uh, maybe we'll get you on towards the start of the season. I don't want to ask you to come on here too much, you know?
0: Oh, I appreciate you having me on.
1: There you go. That is Alan Mitchell. He is the host, or shall I say co-host, Low Tide and JMO, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until noon. you got four hours with him on TSN 1260. You can also give Al a follow on Twitter at Low Tide and check out his writing at The Athletic. Subscription-based, but definitely worth it to get the wise words of Low Tide and all the talented writers over at The Athletic. That is going to do it for us here on the Other Connor Podcast, this uh, Wednesday night edition of the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Big day for the Edmonton Oilers and Ken Holland. The Summer of Ken 2.0 starting off very, very well. Uh, We'll continue the content throughout this summer, like I told you guys uh, to kick things off. Uh, Had a couple vacations, had COVID, wasn't able to do the podcast, but uh, we'll get back more on a regular schedule here. We'll make sure we do a little bit of a dive into the free agents and get some scouting reports. From the markets of their previous teams, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the draft as well. Lots of stuff upcoming here on the Other Connor Podcast. We'll do some, I don't know, line predictions, projections, what we think, who's going to play with who, what's going to happen. And of course, the, uh, the previews of the Pacific Division as well, because the Flames got worse. The Golden Knights got worse. I think they might have got better. Who knows? We'll find out in October when they all hit the ice, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. One more time, got to thank Alan Mitchell for hopping on. Got to thank our sponsors, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up today, do so responsibly and make sure to use promo code THPN. It stands for the Hockey Podcast Network shout out to the fine friends at the hockey podcast network as well check them out uh, wherever you get your podcasts from there's podcasts for every nhl team and i think they've even uh, moved into basketball and football so lots of good stuff going on check it all out thank you guys for tuning into the show today my name's connor halley give me a follow on twitter at connor halley and we'll talk to you next time here on the other connor podcast Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.